Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark of PremierLeague.com and Tom Hopkinson of the Sunday Mirror. A year ago today, Chelsea announced Antonio Conte as their new manager. They'd have taken being seven points clear with nine games to play, yet people are talking about the title race being blown wide open. Surely they can't lose it from here, can they, eh? Of course they're not going to lose it from here. Do you think that Antonio Conte would allow that to happen? I, I don't think so. When I look at Chelsea, I see a streetwise group of players. Obviously, we know what happened last year. They underperformed. Hugely, um, but this season they've been a machine and I don't think there's too much wrong with that machine. I think only a, a serious injury crisis could really, really hamper them from here on in. When I looked at that performance against Palace, they, they could have scored plenty. Eden Hazard was still on song, wasn't he? Diego Costa didn't bring his shooting boots that particular game, did he? But I, I think that their key players are still playing pretty well. There's one or two wobbles, I thought, with David Luiz. And Gary Cahill, I don't think, is in as good a form as he was. But, um, no, I think this Chelsea side is, is a mean machine and I can't see them faltering in the running. Mm, you were at the game, Tom. What was Conte's reaction afterwards? Because he, he is a hard taskmaster and I would imagine he must have been mortified. What was interesting was that he took quite a while to come out to address the press um, after the game. Uh, I think it was about quarter to six, ten to six when he when he came out, which is not very good for us because we're on 6pm <laughs> deadline, so we're <laughs> sitting there getting a little bit uh, fraught about that. But it, it, obviously there was a big inquest going on in the dressing room. You know, that's always the case when, when managers uh, come out and, you know, whether it was whether it was more of a positive look, you know, it's, it's a, a little blip, let's get on with it, or whether he tore into them. Uh, managers will never tell us anything like that. Um, but it, it, it was almost... Almost a little shell-shocked, I thought, the way he spoke. He didn't expand on uh, any of his answers, really. Um, and, uh, yeah, he didn't give... It didn't. It was almost like he, he still hadn't quite got his head around what had gone wrong. I agree with Aid. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't a, a bad performance from them. They created chance after chance. Uh, Palace, they, they just defended incredibly well, um, particularly given the fact that they lost James Tompkins at half-time and uh, then his replacement, Scott Dan, ten minutes later. So, uh, Sacco was an absolute beast at the back. Uh, Delaney came on and did well. Uh, Joel Ward at right back was good and, and Wayne Hennessy had an absolute yeah. worldy performance when, you know, the number of mistakes Wayne Hennessy has made this year and, and no, I say mistakes, that's probably uh, the, the number of times he's been unlucky is, is probably closer to it because he's not always had the rub of the green. It all came together for him in one game. So 
I think it's going to be a very tight game against Manchester City. Uh, but I do, the one thing I do wonder is is how much Chelsea will be impacted by Victor Moses' loss. And it yeah. just seemed to slightly unbalance well, the side because they played Pedro. And I wondered if Willian is probably a little bit more defensively aware than Pedro. I would so agree. I, I would, I would say that Willian would, that would be a better right-wing back option than Pedro. And it goes to show, doesn't it, uh, how important the cogs in the wheel are. Mm. Each of them is really important. And they've fine-tuned it so excellently, Chelsea, this season. That we just take one or two out. Out, and it's not the same. And who'd, have, who'd have thought Alonso and, you know, if we're saying at this stage of the season <laughs> yeah. that losing Marcus Alonso previously of Sunderland and Bolton mm-hmm. uh, or, or Victor Moses, previous journeyman around mm-hmm. all the, or, you know, the clubs mm-hmm. here, there and everywhere, who'd have thought that they would be the two players that if, if you did lose them, mm-hmm. they just unbalanced that I, Chelsea I'd be really impressed with Cesc Fabregas because, you know, everyone had pretty much written his professional <laughs> obituary, but there's some quite excellence going on there. He's showing what he is, an a, 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 a seasoned, experienced class player. Well, he's an exceptionally gifted footballer, isn't he, uh, Cesc Fabregas, a class act. I actually would say that even though he's playing really well at the moment, I think he's, he's in good nick, even the fact that he is playing in one of those two advanced midfield positions he's actually having an adverse effect because it's just worked so well with Pedro and Hazard with the movement, the mobility. They were so hard to pick up and Fabregas cannot replicate that style of play. So he's a little bit, obviously he's going to move around, but he's he's a different type of player. He's never had the pace, has he? No, he's not got that that zip. He's not got that zip that those guys have had. So so if he plays in one of those positions behind the striker, and even if he has a great game, I still think Chelsea have lost something by virtue of the fact that they haven't got one of the the regulars. This is exactly why Conte has used him sparingly this season why he hasn't started because Conte has seen that but I, I think it's been some great management by Conte he used the word we asked him about Fabregas a few, probably about two months ago now and he used the word genius now we of course we, we come out of the press conference delighted because yeah. we've got a great line to ring our sports editors with and say you're not going to believe this Conte has just described him as a genius as a man who's managed Andrea Perlo who has worked with genius and he's just described a man who can't get past Conte and Matic this way yeah. so you know, I think he's been very clever there, Conte, and he's kept Fabregas's. You know, he's, he's kept him on side. He's kept Brilliant. arm yeah. round the shoulder. Mm. Look, you will get your opportunity. And you have to say, when he has come in, yeah, I agree with what Adrian was saying about his performance against Palace. But you have to say, in all the other games, when he's come in, he's, he's looked superb. Yeah. yeah. Are you watching Jose Mourinho? Man <laughs> management does matter. <laughs> Let's give him a bit of credit. The player himself, he yeah. has knuckled yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. I thought he might kick off this season, Cesc, but he hasn't. So fair play. Yeah. What about uh, the group as a whole? Um, you know, we're already talking about next season. Now, there's some talk, well, a lot of talk about yeah. Alexis Sanchez <laughs> going. Arsenal can't sell him to well, Chelsea. Just, can. Yeah, I just can't. I can't see how Arsenal can can sell that to their fans. You know, I just think it's they'll impossible. be over the barricades. Yeah, exactly. Look. Um, they're going to be over the barricades anyway, yeah, aren't they? Are, they? Are, so, well, you know, it's a good day to bury bad news. Oh, Wenger's signing his new contract, but by the way, Alexis has gone to Chelsea and we've got 60 yeah. million quid I just for think, it. yeah, after the Van Persie to United um, shenanigans, I just don't think Arsenal can entertain it as an option. They have to dig their heels in. Obviously, the first option is to try and keep him, get the arm around the shoulder and try and persuade him to stay. If, that, if that's not going to happen, they will have to sell him. But I think they have to dig their heels in and say, look, you're going to have to go overseas because we, we can't... Arsenal cannot afford to sell him to Chelsea. It, it, the fans would just be up in arms and I, I don't know how you come back from that. Do you, do you know the thing that strikes me about Sanchez though and, and, and I, I know Arsenal fans at the moment aren't particularly rational. There is this huge, you're either hmm. you know, one side or the other. But if I was them, as great a player as Sanchez is hmm. and as much as I enjoy watching him, I'd be starting to get a little bit annoyed about all this histrionics, all this flailing of the arms and blaming my teammates. And I'd be thinking to myself... 
I'm not sure I want that sort of character. I don't care how good he is. Mm. And, and, and we'll go mm. back to Victor Moses and Alonso as being two players who, you know, the, the team is the sum of its parts. I'm not convinced that mm. Sanchez is doing as much uh, for, for team spirit at Arsenal, for uh, the team ethic and environment there. And yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah. If, if, Arsenal, if Arsene Wenger came out and just said, look, he was kicking off day after day at training yeah. or whatever, we had no option but to get rid of him. Chelsea were the team who came in with the best money, the, the biggest amount that would we could reinvest in talent to replace him with. You get two £30 million players in or a £40 million and a £20 million coming mm. through. I, I, I think you can sell that to fans yeah. if they're prepared to listen. Yeah. Chelsea have got yeah. Manchester City on Wednesday, mm. then Bournemouth. Mm. You know, you're at the Emirates on Sunday, yeah. Adrian. What's your sense of where Man City are at the moment? They still look to me... To be honest, half a team. They've got a wonderful rotational front four mm. and the back four are pretty much paralysed. Absolutely, yes. I think when you look at City's recruitment uh, recently, the forward players have been spectacular. The defensive players have been atrocious. And, and when you watch City, that's what you see. You see a front five or six that's, that's just outstanding, that, that will score goals for fun. The movement is fabulous. The... The, the cleverness of the, of the tactics and the way they open up space. It, you, sometimes you have to be at the game to see it. And, and when I saw them firsthand, you know, it, weren't, it wasn't their best performance, but in that first half when they were on it, it, it was marvellous the way that City, um, City um, utilised the space. But if you can get at City, you, you will score goals. It's as simple as that. I think Pep Guardiola needs a brand new defence. He needs probably a new keeper and he needs four or five new defensive players. He doesn't need a single new attacker. Mm. Well, Very easy, though, isn't it, Tom, to be blasé about money. Now, if you look at it, mm. over the past four seasons, City have spent £535 million on players, over <laughs> half a billion pounds. You wouldn't think so, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't, well, you wouldn't, no. I mean, and, and it's on, a, on a positive spin, <laughs> it shows you can't always buy silverware. I mean, I do, I do expect them to, to spend big in the summer, but I also expect United to go big yeah. as well. So that, that will be fascinating to see how, how that yeah. pans out. They'll between, all do that, won't they? Between, um, I can see no, Chelsea doing I, it. I mean, Chelsea, yeah, but Chelsea have long said to us that mm. they haven't got the same bottomless pit okay. as as, uh, as United and City have got. So, yeah, look, I mean, I'll expect them to spend big, but I would expect the, the two Manchester clubs to spend yeah. bigger. But I, I think there's a there's a bigger point uh, about it yeah. as well, that how many actual world-class defenders are there around at the moment? You know, mm. David Luiz, we all questioned mm. him when, when he was brought back to Chelsea, but he came in and with... In the three, he looks really solid when he's got yeah. a couple of players around him. But, you know, company, uh, you know, I just, I'm struggling to pick off too many absolute top quality it's a, it's a good point. Around. It is a good point. But I think part of the art of, of forming a good defence is not necessarily the, the quality of the individuals. It's the organisation of yeah. the group. And I think in, on that score, a lot of modern coaches seem to neglect it. This is and, why and, Conte's and, and, done so well, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Because he's, yeah, again, he's Pep made Guardiola, a I think, I th there are question marks over, over his astuteness as a defensive coach. I understand that he wants to dominate possession, he wants to take the game to teams, and that attack is the best form of defence. Mm. But I still would say that they're making the same mistakes over and over again. And, as a, and if you're a manager, I think it's your responsibility to address that. So I think... It'd be interesting to see if he does address it, well, if he has learnt his lesson this season mm. with the fact that this... You know, I know he got a lot of stick mid-season and he sort of waved that mm. away about the defensive side it's, of it and the dereliction mm. of defence. so intense, so obsessive, yet... He doesn't seem. He seems to be uh, have those qualities in terms of what they do with the ball. He doesn't seem to have the same obsession of what they do without the ball. And I think 
to he already is a world class co- world class coach, but to become a legendary coach that proves he can do it anywhere, I think he has to he has to do that with City. He has to improve them defensively. If you look around at defenders, to take your point, Tom, players who've done well under defensive coaches, you know, Karanka before he was sacked at Middlesbrough, mm. he's really brought on Ben Gibson. Sean Dyche at Burnley has really brought on Michael Keane. Do you expect those two young players to move on in the summer? Yeah, I mean, look, I think there are there are some very good players. I mean, Gibson, absolutely, if uh, if Middlesbrough, uh, as, as it looks quite likely at the moment, uh, go down, then, yeah, I would expect him to get a big mm. move. But you've also got the lad at Swansea, uh, Alfie Morrison, Morrison um, who, who looks a very good prospect. And uh, there's one other who's uh, escaping me at the moment. There's, there's four young lads mm. in the Premier League who all look like they mm. have got what it takes to, to jump up to the, the level, um, the talent or the potential, should I say. But, it, you know, again, it is making that, uh, making that move. And with, with John Stones, oh, Holgate was, was the other one I was thinking yeah. of, another lad who looks uh, very good at Everton. But with, with John Stones, I wrote a column about it uh, just before he, he left Everton. Mm. I would love to have seen him have one more season there yeah. under Koeman because I think he would really have benefited from working mm-hmm. with someone who had mastered that position and, yeah. and before he made that step up to me. And, and for defenders, I think, look, you get more practice. It's as mm. simple as that. Well, that that's Playing why Michael, Keane, lower league Michael Keane's yeah. another one. Who, yeah. he's, he's another one we should have yeah. mentioned. He mm. has got a massive decision to make in the summer, hasn't mm. he? You know, he's got mm. all the, the top clubs chasing him. I know there is interest from United, even though he's, he's not... Mm. In their top, mm. their top of their list, City I think will will come in for him. But you know, would he be Liver- better? Liverpool, Liverpool and Everton are the two mm. who are strongest for him at the moment. Okay. And I think he'd be better off going to one of those two clubs because he would get game time there. And and he's proved at Burnley how advantageous that has been to his game. Yeah, look, yeah, I think there's a big difference. I think we've seen this over the last few years as well. There's a big difference between being a decent Premier League central defender and being good enough to make the difference in the Champions League. And I would say that I mean, our record in recent seasons for English clubs is shocking defensively in the Champions League. When we come up against the Monaco's well, of this Morgan world, and Robert Huth are doing all right? Well, they are, actually. They've but, done all right. But, but they're you, experienced you take, defenders, aren't you they? You take my point. I think, yeah, I think um, defensively we've got a lot of work to do, the English clubs mm. in general. Um, it's pretty poor across what the What about Arsenal's defensive problems? You know, Koscielny, yeah. Achilles' <laughs> problems for another, you know, for another month probably. I thought we'd yeah. moved on from Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, it always comes back to haunt you, mate. Don't worry. If you look at that defence... Gabrielle yeah. against Andy Carroll at the Emirates on Wednesday night. Well, it's a yeah. Look, Arsenal need to learn lessons because um, one game that stands out for me is, is the Upton Park game last season. I think it was three apiece, yeah. and Arsenal played as if they'd never heard of Andy Carroll, and they they totally ignored him, and he he was outstanding. He, he destroyed them, and so Arsenal have to learn lessons from that. They have to engage with him. They have to not give him a four-yard run-up when the ball comes into the box. It's not just down to Gabriel, it's not just down to Mustafi. I think the full-backs have a big job to play in this game for Arsenal. They need to stop the supply line, they need to get tight, block crosses, because if West Ham are allowed to fling balls into the box, I, I am nervous. I, I think most Arsenal fans would be nervous of Andy Carroll loitering because he, he, he has hurt them before. Mm. What about Murtasaka? I know he's been you know, way out beyond sort of yeah. Pluto, really. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. would he be someone you could bring back just to do a job on a game like this? Uh, well, the man's got 90-plus Germany caps. Of mm. course he would. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's not played since pre-season. No, that, that's, the, that's the problem with him. I mean, I, I've, I've always been bewildered by uh, Per Murtasaka, the way he's been over here, because I spent the first season he was here saying, look, this is a fella who's won all these caps for 
probably the best international team on the planet, um, uh, or, or second best. Uh, people be saying Spain <laughs> would be ahead of them, mm -hmm. but but you know, a defender with vast experience, and yet you know, you, you always want to give them a season to settle, don't you? But then he never replicated the sort of levels that he got to with mm -hmm. Germany in the Premier League. But for for a one-off game, I still think you know he's, he's certainly well rested. Yeah. So I don't see a reason why he couldn't come in and just and with all that now and experience, do a job against. My, my feeling here is that Arsene Wenger will look at this as a as a game where West Ham are potentially there for the taking. I don't think he'll be focusing too much on Andy Carroll. It might turn out to be a big mistake, mm. but I think he'll be focusing on how how can we dismantle a fragile-looking West Ham side. So I, I don't think Mertesacker will play, but I, see, I would see the logic in uh, in bringing him in. What do you make of the politics at West Ham at the moment, Tom? You know, we've got the board. On one hand, saying you know results need to improve, we need to be better, and on the other hand, saying oh these nasty boys in the press are saying <laughs> that Billich uh, is under pressure. Um, it's not doing the manager any favour whatsoever, is it? No, it's, and it's not the first time we've seen this, is it, from West Ham? I mean, you think back to the end of Sam Allardyce's reign, yeah. and there were these sort of counter counter arguments coming from either side. Um, I mean, I've spoken to to people who. Um, look after managers and they say that there has been interest from West Ham uh, or, or not uh, conversations with people who would know what the West Ham board are thinking so there's not been any direct uh, any any direct talk but there you know the feelers have been put out now that's pretty normal isn't it it's, of course it is and it's only natural in, yeah. in football that if a manager isn't getting isn't getting results why you have to have well, why then would they say that they 100% uh, well, got 100% and, and, and you do you do have to give you do have, have to job. give you do have to give Sullivan and goal now, let, let's go let's go back a couple of years actually mm. because he wasn't the first choice was he he was about the seventh choice manager mm. to get the job they they Benitez was all ready to mm. sign until Real Madrid came in and, about half and an hour to spare wasn't it? them yeah, yeah. so you know, Billich came in and then I think as far as the board were concerned at West Ham, he overperformed last year. They weren't expecting him to, mm. to finish where they did to get such performances out of Antonio, Paye uh, and the rest of the squad. So this season they're actually starting from a bit of a disadvantage. I think this season is more of what they're expecting last year. Um, but of course, given those lofty ambitions and expectations because of what happened 12 months yeah. ago, the, the fans have, have demanded more. And then there's the, back, the backdrop yeah. of the stadium move yeah. and everything. So I feel a bit for Bilic because I think he's, uh, he's, he's a really honest yeah. uh, man. Um, I really like the way he approaches it. Uh, very open, very good to deal with. Um, I, I like the style of football he plays and I don't think he's had a bit of bad yeah. luck with injuries this mm -hmm. year. But I still think that West Ham will, will look to change yeah. in the summer. This, look, the squad has gone backwards. That much is recruitment is terrible. Isn't it? Rec recruitment well, he's not awful. in charge of recruitment. No, exactly. Either, so, exactly. so I think well, I think you have to you have to take that into account. I I think that he's he's a really good manager. I think he'll succeed somewhere else. Mm. But the bottom line is that they will sack him if they continue continue to lose games. So, but you, you but, have to give you have to give Sullivan and Gold credit. Uh, they they don't sack open. managers. You know they don't make a habit of sacking they managers. Don't. Allardyce was at the end of the contract and they just decided not to renew it. Um, mm. You know, so he's Billich's his body language from August to April has been poor. And I think the, there's something, the spark has gone out of Billich this season. I, I can't explain what it is. He's got a new, new baby, hasn't he? Maybe he's tired. I don't know. I well, know the and, feeling. And, and uh, he's, but, he's got the hip, uh, the hip problem he's as got well. He's got an operation in the summer for that, the, hip problem, yeah. the, 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 the bright, um, tactically aware coach that was able to motivate his players and, and, and get that extra 5%, 10%, 
that's, that's not the billets we've seen this season. Yeah. I'm sorry to drag you back to Arsenal. <laughs> Just one more time. Right. I'm going to. <laughs> Jack Wilshire. Yeah. A lot of talk, £30 million pounds mm. to West Ham. Yeah. How realistic is that? I would say it's actually quite realistic, yeah. I, I wouldn't dismiss it. I think his dad's a West Ham fan. Um, Arsenal... Will he be a regular at Arsenal? I think it's come to the stage where he needs to needs to play regular football. Personally, I still I still believe in Jack Wilsh. I still think he is a class player that that can influence do games at the highest level. Do you believe in Arsenal? Though, I, think I, the question, isn't it? I do, but but do I believe that he will be? Get, I, I actually think if he if he had a whole season injury free at Arsenal in one of in a midfield three, mm. I think that's important. Arsenal often play with a midfield two. I think I would like to see Arsenal change to a midfield three because. They don't have enough defensive mobility to cope with the two. So I would, I would bring in, I would make a midfield three, and in a three with a full season, I believe Jack Wilshere would be outstanding for Arsenal because he's tailor made for the way that they play the game. But do I think he'll get that opportunity? Have grave reservations. So it, it might be time for him to I move think, on. I think mentally, it's time for Jack Wilshere mm. to move on from an from an individual personal level. It's time for him to to completely yeah. cut his ties. Mm. Tottenham. Mm. Won more points in 2017, 26 than anyone else in the Premier League. Can they realistically stop Chelsea? It's going to be very difficult, and it's going to take a. It's, it's not in Spurs' hands. It's it's just dependent on on what Chelsea do. Um, can Spurs win every game between now and the end of the season? Absolutely. Um, they, they've got a, a, a wonderful. Starting eleven, uh, Harry Kane uh, is expected now to be back. I think uh, the weekend after next, mm -hmm. uh, or the weekend after this one coming, should I say, uh, which will be a huge fillip for them uh, in terms just of just in time for the FA Cup. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I think I think Pochettino, I think what he's done very cleverly, and, and not just Pochettino, but uh, Daniel Levy deserves a lot of credit for going out and, and getting Pochettino in the first place, and for the way. He often gets a lot of stick for the way he manages players' contracts, but they, they seem to be bringing through a group, five, six young English players. It's almost similar to the way Manchester United did it back yeah. in, with that class yeah. of 92. Yeah. Mm. Now, you have to get a little bit lucky that they you have to identify the talent in the first place and they all have to progress at exactly the same... Uh, progress just as you expect them to. But with Pochettino and with the way they've all been managed they've done that and I think they'll have learned huge lessons from that. It's a great season. analogy I, 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 think you, I think you bang on I, I really do you, when you see this Spurs team this squad it's just together you mm. can just, mm. they've grown up together he doesn't need to he doesn't need to tinker with it too much but he, he probably does need one sort of very experienced player to come in yeah, I think yeah, um, I, I, striker looking, yeah I, I think so yeah not for I, sure I, I don't I mean, think you can you, you cannot rely on Kane well you can rely on him getting 20 <laughs> 25 goals every season but you can't he needs a buffer and he actually needs a bit of competition I think because mm. you know let's say let's say he does get to 20 goals this season he's on 19 mm. I think now isn't he so he, he, mm. the chances are he will that's three seasons he's done it so he's automatically the first choice mm. and he knows that now if they bring in somebody else who actually is going to push him on a weekly basis then that could be the difference between Harry Kane getting between 25 and 30 goals mm. every season or, or, or hitting mm. that 30 mark mm. Do teams like this have an almost you know, an, an an inbuilt obsolescence. In other words, if they don't win anything for yeah. a couple of years, yeah. Deli Alley, Kane, those sort of players who are you know, massively attractive in the mm. modern transfer market will be vulnerable to people whispering in their you ear. You would have thought so, yeah. Because you do get people whispering in your ear and, and, and players are continually told, especially by ex-players actually, that, that your, your career is defined by, by silverware and trophies. And um, I sometimes think that that is overblown because, yeah, it, look, 
don't get me wrong, it's great to have a career where you've won a stack, stack load of medals. Then you don't end up looking at them all the time. You, I think there is, also, there is also a really strong, powerful case, especially in Harry Kane's situation, to, to make yourself a club legend and to, and, to, mm. and, to, and to see it all the way through. But I think to earn legendary status, you, you do need silverware. When you think about all the clubs, when they've got their former players back there working for them, that nine times out of ten, those players were part of successful teams that won trophies. So, um, yeah, it comes hand in hand in hand. But I think, um, I think Spurs are capable of keeping their players if they don't win anything this season. But... If it goes on two or yeah, three years, I agree, yeah, I agree with then, that. Yeah. And I think I think Ali will will want to go abroad and test yeah. himself at some point. Um, I think Eric Dyer will be uh, an interesting one. Obviously, being linked with Manchester United uh, in the summer. Um, Do you think I, Ali Ali could want could be like a hundred million pound player? Do you think he's capable yes, of being yes, in yes. that category? Yeah, yeah. Would, wouldn't even think twice about mm. about that. If mm. I if I had that sort of if I was a club owner with that sort of money to spend, mm. would not think twice about yeah. spending it. And, and particularly in this day and age, when you look at the Pogba deal, eighty nine million pounds over five years realistically what is that with all the marketing so you make yeah. your you make your hundred million pounds back in in no time for at all. his age but the value that you get on the field out of Deli Alley as well I mean I, I just absolutely and, and they bought well you know and this probably you know highlights a potential issue in the next couple of weeks yeah. Victor Wanyama has had yeah. a great season yeah. Uh, and Harry Winks as well is obviously going to be out as well. Mm. Will that have a big impact? It really could, because Wanyama's Is That's where Spurs are, isn't it? Well, you know, they don't have the depth Well, they've got the squad. two pillars, haven't they, in there? Dembele, Dembele and Wanyama work wonderfully together. They're so powerful. I think that's the, the, not the bedrock of the team, but it's a really important ingredient of the team. So with him missing, and Winks was the understudy, then, then that, that's an issue, isn't it? But so there might be a system change, but we've seen with Pochettino, and this is another reason I, I rate him so highly, is that he, he can tinker with his shape week in, week out. And you don't notice. Mm. It's not to the detriment of the team. You, you wouldn't actually, unless somebody told you or you really studied it, you wouldn't always know if Spurs were playing with three at the back or four or, or what their configuration was. So I actually think, that they're going to cope okay. And if the, the one, if they do lose Danny Rose in the summer, there's a lot of talk that Manchester City will come for him. I mean, he's, he's been superb this year, as has Kyle Walker. And, and so if he does go for Luke Shaw, which is a, an obvious target for him, given the fact he's worked together and worked very well with him in the past, mm. it, I'm going to bring it back to Arsenal again, if sure. you don't mind. Now, this is with Pochettino and with changing manager. I'm not saying change managers every season, mm. but if you change managers every sort of three or four seasons and keep things fresh, then once a position uh, becomes in need of a replacement that manager will know players that he's worked yeah, with in the past now Arsene Wenger yeah. the position he's in he, he hasn't worked with anyone other than the group <laughs> he's mm. had so you know it's not like he could go oh, I, I know who Wanyama I can look at Dembele who I love that quote the other day by the way that, that if, if I'd have had him when he was 19 or 20 he'd be a world class yeah, player yeah, which yeah. I actually think is probably true I mean I, I think uh, again another wonderful player but I, I just think the way he sort of said right Wanyama slots in there for me and I know he can do it because I've worked with him right Luke Shaw will come in as a ready-made replacement mm. if we lose Danny Rose but the only the only th reason that Danny Rose would would go to Manchester City really is is financial yeah. now mm. isn't it because yeah. I think you know I think Tottenham are in, in very much a position to challenge uh, challenge City for silverware in the next few years yeah yeah Tom mentioned Luke Shaw mm. in dispatches right, there. yeah 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 yeah, we know about Mourinho, famous or infamous for parking Loves the bus. Loves young players, doesn't he? Well, he's, he's throwing a few under the bus now, isn't he? When you think about it, if you're a player, you put your player's head on. When your manager says that about you publicly, what do you do? Well, I think he overstepped the line there. Yeah. I, th I think if, I, if it was Basically, me... Basically, he's accusing him of not trying and trying. Yeah, he, yeah, he's questioning his professionalism. And I think if you, if you are... If I was Luke Shaw, the first question I'd ask myself is, is he right? 
I think that's what you have to, you should ask yourself that question. Um, I'm assuming that do Luke players ask that question? Yeah, of course, well, the good players should. You, you have to self-assess. Yeah. And I do think that, that, that we don't always uh, give them kudos for doing that. They do, they do do that. They study their own games. And I think that, that normally a manager, if they say something like that, would have grounds to say it. But I do think, and we don't know. We, we're not at Manchester United. All I say is I remember Luke Shaw coming back from pre-season early in the summer. There were pictures of him working on his own, really grafting to get himself back in shape. That, that wasn't a player that didn't care. Um, and, and I've seen no signs when I look at Luke Shaw. I've seen no signs of him being lazy. So look, if I was Luke Shaw, I would have banged on that dressing room, uh, banged on the manager's door and said, what the heck have you said that for? Why have you said that for? And I would be saying, look, if you, didn't, if you don't fancy me, fair enough, sell me. But if you don't fancy me, don't, don't um, cast aspersions over my professionalism. I think it's bang out of order. Mm. What about the impact also of uh, Mourinho's attitude? You, know, you talked about doesn't really like young players. To someone like Marcus Rashford. Now, here's someone who's come in absolutely exploded onto the scene. Mm. He's having his problems, and that's probably to be expected. He's only really, it's sort yeah. of second season syndrome sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, when you're that age, and, and Adrian, will, will, um, well, I'd hope will back this up, you know, you do have a step forward, then maybe a step yeah, two yeah, back, and then you go forward. You need people to trust you. you. You do, absolutely. But, but the, the problem, you see, last year, everyone sort of was so quick to praise Louis van Gaal for putting Rashford in. He had no choice. No. Mm -hmm. Injuries and suspensions meant he had no choice. So Rashford was able to go in with the confidence that whatever happens in this game, mm. he got that exuberance of youth anyway, but he got the confidence that whatever happens, I will probably be starting next week as well, or, or I'll be involved heavily. Now, this year, they haven't got that. Mourinho's brought in Ibrahimovic, so Rashford, when he has played, has been put out to, to the left-hand side and, and, and moved around a little bit. And I, I, I do wonder how much whether there's a little bit of players in the shadow of Ibrahimovic. I know yeah. having him in there is, is a fantastic um, learning Yeah, curve. exactly. You, know, you look at the way he trains, look at his professionalism, but if he starts getting at you or if he, if he sort of isn't mega impressed mm. with you, then does it start to have a detrimental well, effect on, put it this on way. young players? Marcus Rashford plays at the weekend right against West Bromwich Albion, mm. scores two, has a blinder. He knows he's not going to play next weekend because he's Slatter's back. Mm. That plays in the mind in the play, in, in a young player's head. That, that that gets that gets to you because you think, okay, you don't actively think it doesn't matter what I do. I'm not going to play next week. But but it it, it can have an effect on a player but, but, and not a positive one. And also, you put yourself. I'm going to defend Mourinho here a little bit because you put him your, yourself in his position, and he his job is to make sure Manchester United win football matches. Mm. Now, it's not the player's fault. They are it's obviously a chicken and egg situation mm. here, but it's not the players' fault that they are earning the sort of money that they earn. Mm. If, if we all thought we could get the best contract we can get, we would go for it and we would sign it. But I do understand Mourinho's position a little bit, that he's probably looking at uh, the likes of Rashford, the likes of Lingard, and one or two others around there, and, and seeing them going out, and there's pieces in the paper about it today, and, and there have been for the last couple of weeks, the amount of money they're spending and the focus they're spending elsewhere. Now, I don't begrudge the players that, because it's their money, they can do with it and as they like. that's the reality of modern and football. And it is the, mo the reality of modern football, but I also look at, from a manager's perspective, and I think... You know, it's, you've got to... It's timing the, with these things, yeah. isn't What's it? What's the issue here, then? 
Well, well, just the, 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 this whole bling culture at oh, Manchester okay. United. That there's almost the you know the focus is on what they what players can spend their money on next, <laughs> rather than actually. Well, don't do you know what we don't need to, give we them need... so much money then. You know. Well, well yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and someone else will. <laughs> well, yeah, that's and, and that, that's the problem. So so it is. It's not an easy job no. from Mourinho. You know, if no. I but if I felt that my players like as a manager, you'll yeah. you'll know what what managers wanted from you. They want you to go mm. into training, be absolutely on it for a couple of hours in the morning, to yeah. then do your 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 uh, warm down and everything properly, go home and rest and so, basically be ready for the next morning. And they want you to be married. So if they see if they see these all these you know, it's like Beckham, you know, with, with mm. Ferguson, he tired of seeing him appearing at every fashion but, show but or whatever. Jose's doing a good job. And that was David Beckham who yeah. was ultra professional. Yeah, Jose's you know? doing a good job. He's, he's a good solid job. United are, I think they are moving forward. I know that they have got their problems in front of goal, but I do think it's a slight danger with of, of a little bit of resentment setting in inside the dressing room because he will never take Zlatan off and he would never, he, he would play Pogba, he would keep Pogba on even if he's having a nightmare. And I, I do think that, that sometimes it, it, it might help Manchester United in the long run if he, if, he, if, he re if he just took one of them out. If they weren't doing the business, if he removed them, because I think that would perk up some of the fringe guys like Rashford. I think Rashford needs to go out on loan next, uh, next season, just have a season somewhere yeah. where he's going to play. Premier League club, yeah. but somewhere he's going to play week in, week out. Right. Let's look at one of the other realities of maybe a darker reality of modern football, the sort of bullying culture that we, we see. United are playing at Sunderland on Sunday. Should David Moyes be Sunderland manager for that game? He said he's not going to resign because of the... Um, you know, he's apologised for the incident with the uh, female reporter where he was reported to have threatened her. What's your take on that, Tom? Uh, yes, he should be manager for the next game. I don't think he should lose his job over, over this. Um, he hasn't uh, assaulted anyone. It was, a, it, it was a threat, but I don't think anyone, um, uh, even the reporter involved, would feel that that threat was ever going to be mm. carried out. No. Um, but what, he, what needs to happen, he does need to be made an example of um, and whether that's forced to, to publicly apologise on the pitch uh, to, is it Vicky Sparks isn't it mm -hmm. the, the, the name of the reporter is not somebody I know but whether it's forced to apologise in public too, which to be fair she probably wouldn't want um, mm -hmm. or, or just to go through some sort of educational process very publicly so, so that's what the FA will do uh, it? well they, they do I mean look th there's going to be no greater punishment for David yeah. Moyes I don't think than the fact that this story has come out and that he's going to be wide he has been widely condemned and it will always be used against him so. uh, in, in years to it's come but I mean mm -hmm. it's, it's massively embarrassing mm -hmm. I mean I've, you and I have uh, I know we've spent time with David Moyes privately mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. professionally um, and he's, he's very good company um, uh, I have to say when, when we were with him socially that was just a group of men wasn't it so yeah, sure. uh, uh, you know, the, we take that into account. But I also, I, I, I was in um, America a couple of weeks ago um, with with ESPN and, and through BT Sport, um, and we were we were taken over there to speak to uh, NBA people who are involved with the NBA. And I was talking to Sage Steele, who presents uh, Sports Center and the NBA's build up, and, and asking her a little bit about uh, as a woman in the the media over there how how she finds it. And she says that there are no, she doesn't feel that there are any barriers over there anymore. And she said uh, a lot of the credit, you know. Obviously, she's 
had it in the past, but she said a lot of the credit has to go to the players and, and the way mm -hmm. they are with me because they just treat me as any other journalist. It doesn't matter what sex I am. And I, I think that's something that English football needs to learn from because there are still, uh, as this incident has proved, uh, incidents has proved, mm -hmm. um, underlying issues. Well, but, uh, and it's a nonsense. To, you know, they've come up with the... You know, or some people have come up with the, the banter defence. Oh, it's only ridiculous. banter. No, 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 it's not banter. Yeah. It's... it's, it's it's nasty. Yeah. There said. was an underlying threat, wasn't there? It's Not nasty. to yeah. ask questions like but that it, again. You know, does football, yeah. Adrian, have a bullying problem? Uh, I, th this issue, the issue exists, definitely. Um, but but I, I don't know, I come from an era where where I was brought up with the hard knocks in a way, you know, I was an old, I was an apprentice at Arsenal where, where you'd be bullied by your manager into doing certain things and it wasn't, it wasn't all about niceties. And that was character building, but I think this is completely mm. different, and that this is just this is a, is a nasty threat um, that that needs to be stamped out. Um, I do think that this season managers in the Premier League have been quite rude or more rude mm. to the media than I can remember. There's no there's no place for Pe someone Pe belittling someone. Pep Guardiola has belittled journalists. We've all had it, haven't we? And, yeah. and, and I actually, I don't mind. I mean, we've all had run-ins with managers and mm. we've all, you know, we're there to ask questions mm. and if someone was asking me questions makes... about my job day in, day out, questioning my decisions, there'd be times I'd lose my rag. So I've no problem with them losing a the rag. And if mm. a manager threatened to slap me mm. at, in exactly the same manner that <laughs> Moyes did, I would be speaking to the club mm. and saying to them in private law, I don't expect this to be carried out in public, but I want an apology for him over that. I, I think, and I think that's, you know, we can't, I can't sit here and say he should be sacked because no. I said it to a woman, because if you ask any female broadcaster or journalist mm. or anyone who's involved in football, the, the argument is, look, we just want treating fairly. We don't want treating He should face the music for this. He, yeah, he, he, quite right. he shouldn't mm. just be removed from the firing lane. He should, he should have to front up, face the music, be embarrassed and learn from it. Um, because it, what, what he said was horribly old-fashioned and, and nasty. So um, you, you can't do that. Yeah, With Sunderland, let's look at it. Has he done a decent enough job? No, As a football manager, no, a terrible to job. keep his job anyway, they're going to go down, aren't they? They've, they've, they've gone back, gone backward massively, haven't they? Since, no, since from that, not, <laughs> not a particularly good starting position. No, but, but Sam Allardyce, <laughs> he, he got a tune out of that group of players, a lot of yeah. them. Okay, I just think the signings he made were, were woeful. You talked about um, managers having an advantage working with former players. I mean, it's been a disadvantage for David Moyes because he's turned to players that he's worked with in the past that have passed it. And they've, they've offered nothing, really. So, so I think um, Moyes has had a nightmare season, really. I, I think he's had the odd one good game at Crystal Palace. Other than that, it's, it's been disastrous. I, th I think Sunderland... I think if you stuck Sunderland in the Championship, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. They're that bad. Mm. And that's terrible for a club with you know, fantastic fan base. But maybe they're just flirting with... Uh, relegation once too I think, often. I think they uh, took the words out of my mouth. I think they flirted with with the drop once too often, mm. and, and I think you know they're obviously going to lose Jermaine Defoe uh, in the summer. Um, there's a clause in there, isn't there? It's been reported that if yeah. they get relegated, yeah, he he is he can go, but I think he'll go anyway. Do you think but, David Moyes has no option but to stay though? Does he? Because because if he, if, well, he if he leaves now, this could be his final. Done. This could be what mm. he's remembered he's, for. He's, not not the job and this mm. issue that has, mm. has um, come yeah. to the fore. Moyes now is done well. if he leaves so, this job so now. So he has has to stay and hope that he can bring them up. Uh, yeah. The, the one, the one bright spark or the one positive that you would look at if you're a Sunderland fan, you'd just be looking just over the bridge and saying, "What's mm. happened at Newcastle? Mm -hmm. They went down. They took their medicine. They 
learned from their mistakes and yes they have a manager in who has, has achieved a lot more in the game than David Moyes have done but he's brought players in he's got them working again they've spent money and they've come back up that's the only way this is an adver- yeah. this is a positive yeah, but Sunderland won't, won't spend money until the owner decides what he's going to do and if he sells it there'll be change anyway and, right? and if he sells it now he's going to lose some serious money isn't it? or sells it when they go down he's going mm. to lose some I serious money so, I think they're the next so I, yeah, yeah. yeah you saw Palace I just want to give you a little uh, insight into what's to come for them their running is horrendous. Mm. Southampton on Wednesday, Arsenal Monday, Leicester, Liverpool, Spurs, Burnley, perhaps a win, Man City, Hull, Man United. That's one heck of a run. Have you learnt nothing from the weekend? Though? You got through that and said perhaps a win against Burnley. But we, as, 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 the, as the weekend results have shown, anyone, you know, you can get a result on your day. I mean, look, they, they've four, four wins out of four. Um, I, I actually did a little column, a little line in a column about a month ago saying that this is uh, the running and that if Sam pulls this one off, you know, it's the greatest achievement of his managerial career. Um, and, and they have gone on to win the last four games and, and none of us saw that result come in, did they? Um, I, I still think it's going to be very difficult for them, uh, but I, I think anything's possible. And, and particularly uh, the, the injuries uh, that they sustained at the weekend won't have done them any favours, but I think Delaney is still a very good, solid Premier League central defender. I think Sacco is a man with a point to prove uh, to Jurgen Klopp and uh, I still... Struggling to get my head around why Klopp would let him go, even if you know, surely just keep him for six months, even if you really want and him. And Zahar out. looks to me like a, someone playing for a move. <laughs> Quite possibly, um, Zahar. I've, I've, I've never been a massive fan of him. I, th- yeah. I thought he's been a flaky footballer. It's an enigma, isn't it? Yeah, it's an enigma. Um, but he, he's channeling his ability now, or Sam is helping to channel his ability in the right way. He's finally found end product, and at the moment he's the most. Probably the most dangerous player in the Premier League to in, to come up against for defenders at the moment, Wilfred Zaha. Um, yeah, you'd imagine that this run of form will see him moving on in the summer. Well, I did hear that they're trying to tie him down to 110 grand a week. He's currently on 30. So that's, that's a heck of a leap, isn't it? For, for if I was him, I'd be wondering why that money's been though for the last, <laughs> yeah. the last five years if all of a sudden they can find it. I know they've got the new investment. And, and, and if yeah. I was Crystal Palace, I wouldn't be giving him 110 no. grand a week. I'd be selling him yeah, because. Mm. There is nothing to guarantee that Wilfred Zahar can, can maintain this over, 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 over a period of time. Is he going to be the talisman? i tell you who, um, and, and Sam did this with Kershaw at uh, Sunderland, who came in and popped from an absolutely disastrous debut. debut, yeah. Um, yeah then, then did very well, but the lad, I apologise now. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, <laughs> he, he has come in and he looks very, very good signing. So um, he could be the sort of player that they'd be better off with you know, for the next year, next season, they'd be better off with another 10 of him than, than a Wolf. I know every team needs flair players, but um, a player like that would guarantee your Premier League survival. And what about Zaha, Hull? Um, Six wins yeah. out of seven at home well, under under new manager. There's a lot because because actually when you're at the bottom of the table and you play at home, even though you think, right, this is a home game, this is, this is our chance to win. Actually, the home games, you, you go into them with a bit more pressure. Because you you are expected to win, so there's a, so I think Hull deserve a lot of credit for the way they've handled their home games. And uh, Silver is a manager that, that's really impressed me. Mm. Um, much the same as Allardyce of late, he's, he's obviously organised and he's got balance. And um, and Hull City, yeah, tactically he's mixed things up. He, he radically changed things against West Ham at half time at the weekend, turned that game around. I think Hull are going to survive. I, I can't. I actually I, I'm pretty confident. 
that they're going to stay up. So Swansea or Palace then, is it? Yeah. i tell you what's, what's interesting with, with uh, Silver is that when, when he came in, and, and we're all guilty of it, we all said, oh, George Mendes, Mendes will put the players in. Now, look, that did happen. But it would be lazy of us to say that the reason that they're getting the wins now is because of the recruitment and because, mm. as, as Adrian says, you know, he has had to do a very good job on the training ground and drill those players superbly to be getting the results that they're getting. Yeah. Mm. Will Hull effectively send Middlesbrough down by winning on Wednesday? Middlesbrough down, anyway. I don't, I don't think it matters. I, I can't, just can't see them scoring mm. enough Only goals. Only 20 goals survive. all season. Yeah, it, they're gone. And, and they've got themselves to blame, I think. I, I think um, somebody should have been putting a little bit more pressure on Karanka. Um, Steve Gibson gets a lot of credit and I think he's a good owner yeah. but somebody at the club I think should have been applying firmer pressure on him to say look we're not going to score enough goals this season we're playing too defensively earlier and, and I think they made the change too late mm. uh, I'm surprised actually that Agnew you know rookie manager has been charged with the task of keeping them up but yeah they're gone you agree yeah, with that? I agree. Yeah, it's just the goals. I mean, I, I actually think Valdez in goal is, you know, he's done superbly. Someone made a point in the column about mm. it at the weekend that for him to um, reignite that fire in his own belly after, you know, going to Manchester United, the way things worked out for him, given the illustrious career he's had, mm. and for him to have played the way he's played this season, I think is very impressive. But they just, they just haven't scored the goals. Should have signed more strikers. I actually would have tried. You know who they tried up front? Traore. Because, I mean, he's such a hit-or-miss player, crazy well, player. He doesn't know what he's going to do, so who, how, how can the exactly. defender... So I think on the wings, he, he has the odd, you know, odd blinder, doesn't he? But actually, if you put him down the middle, a bit of chaos factor. I think Agnew tried that at the weekend. And it, you know, there were flashes there, but it's, it's too little, too late. So let's sum this up, then. If we agree that Chelsea are going to win the league, yeah? Yep. And we agree that Sunderland and Middlesbrough are nailed on the go-down... Mm. Who fills that third spot? Well, I've, yeah, I've already nailed my colours to the hull mast, haven't I? So I think they will survive, which I guess, yeah, it puts it puts um, Palace, Swansea and Burnley, Burnley. into the mix. Because um, Burnley are in freefall, yeah. aren't they, at the moment? And there's it's... always a team, isn't there? There is always one to We've said this all season. There's always a team in the second half of the season who drop. And this was always going to be a problem. All right, winning all these games at home. Yeah. But when you're losing all these games away and when you start, losing the odd game here and there at home, then mm. you're in trouble. Yeah, I'm, I think they might scrape scrape it, Burnley. I think Swansea. I, I think Swansea, if Lorente hits a hot streak, they might be all right, but if he doesn't, they could be gone. I think Burnley. I, I think I think Paul Clement does enough at Swansea to keep them up, and I think Silva does at Hull. Like Adrian, I have a feeling that Hull will survive. Now, could that be bad news for Palace or even West Ham? Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.